In this era of grave spiritual crisis, it is not enough to simply know about your Catholic faith. That is why we need a Catholic toolbox to equip us with the practical skills necessary to live our Catholic faith, to reach our ultimate goal, which is heaven for all eternity. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Join us every Tuesday night at 8pm for the Catholic Toolbox as we hand you the tools to go forth, live the faith and change our modern world today. Live on The Voice of Charity. And welcome back to another week on the Catholic Toolbox, the art of practical Catholicism. I'm your host and founder, George Manassa, here as we equip you with practical tools to live your Catholic faith in our modern world of today. And a very happy new year to everybody, all our listeners and everybody throughout this season. We hope you've had a great break and especially it was very tough for many people, the Omicron outbreak here in Sydney, Australia. Uh, especially around the world as well, those who've travelled internationally. And uh, we welcome everybody for another year here on the Catholic Toolbox. Don't forget, if you haven't first subscribed, go to thecatholictoolboxshow.com. That is thecatholictoolboxshow.com. Or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, all our social media. Don't forget you can subscribe on YouTube. And don't forget, tune in every single week from 8 to 9 p.m. here on Voice of Charity Australia Live. We apologize for being late here tonight, but we are here. We're ready for another tremendous year. If you haven't yet got a copy of my book, that is The Art of Practical Catholicism, you can download it or get it in stores wherever you purchase your books. So a happy new year to everybody, and let's get started here. Let's get stuck into the year. And that's why I have my good friend, Robert Martek. Welcome aboard here on the Catholic Toolbox, another familiar face. Thank you, George. Uh, hopefully not too over-familiar. Um, don't want to wear out the welcome, but hopefully I can contribute a couple of things to people's, um, I suppose, well-being during this um, uh, chat. Excellent. Beautiful. So I, I really thought that it would be great to start off the year looking at last year. It was a very challenging year last year for many people, especially here in Australia with our tr uh, significant lockdowns. And they're looking at 2022 and, and many people are in lockdown at the moment. Many people, because the coronavirus has spread, it's infected so many people. It's now about who you don't know that has, <laughs> who don't you know has the virus. So, so it's, it's another challenging year, but it looks like there is hope. But again, we're not here to forecast anything about the year. We're just here to simply look at the past year and how challenging it was for many people. And what can we take from last year and how can we look at this year with respect? Let's start off on the mental note, but then on the spiritual note, Robert. Mm -hmm. yeah. I hope you had a good Christmas break and uh, New Year's. Well, I, I, I did, but uh, I was also in lockdown because I had some, um, our, our friendly um, neighbourhood neighbours uh, had come down with the COVID-19 and uh, and so um it, you know, and contact with them means that I couldn't really take any chances of, of uh, venturing outside. So it was basically like um, shopping from home. And But there you go. I mean, the fact is that, number one, mentally, people need to remember that we got, you got through a whole year of a pandemic. You made it through a whole year of a once-in-a-hundred-year kind of occurrence. And it's quite amazing. People, people really need to realise and take that, uh, take that um, positive aspect to heart because it's very easy to be negative. It's very easy to be picky. And we all have, we all have ideas and arguments, which is fantastic. But are those arguments leading us to helpful outcomes or are they 
creating a barrier for us. And so mentally, we've done really well. Spiritually, on the other hand, uh, what's been a phenomenon unheard of is that like in the middle of a pandemic, church attendance has dropped, even online, even now with church services restored, Catholic, Anglican, numbers are down. And so you wonder what people's spiritual lives are like by looking at it from a, an observational point of view, there seems to be not much of a strong spiritual life, uh, religious life happening. And you can't say COVID was the cause of that. I'd say COVID has brought it to the surface more. It's evident. Yep. But there were a few things happening before COVID with regards to the spiritual life. Yeah, definitely. I mean, during last year, I mean, I really reflect on it, you know, especially because we did get married on the day of the lockdown. I mean, it was just something you can't forget, but a blessing as well. Yeah. Many, it was probably the hardest year for Australians. We went through a four-month lockdown. It was the most stringent you could see in the world on a world scale. But I think uh, from what I'm seeing, the, the first-hand data that I'm seeing with friends and family and different people is that a lot of people seem to be a little bit more relaxed uh, because they don't feel the pressure, the social pressures to go out and do so much mm-hmm. uh, as well as we, we saw people work on the, the physical aspect. Um, uh, we saw people, you know, in my own experience uh, better themselves by taking courses and, and further their career development because and then you really infer from that data. I mean, in my personal situation, how much time do we spend on meaning, not meaningless tasks, but tasks that can be possible or errands or activities or commitments that can possibly be weeded out a little bit out of our life. And that can free up more space for looking after our mental health, for looking after our physical health, for, for maybe taking a course or learning a new language, something that has greater benefit than the other commitment. So that was my inference. And, and we made adjustments, my wife and I, uh, uh, to, to the way we live our life and how many, how many commitments we take on and everything else. And uh, we, we saw the difference. You could juxtapose, I guess, uh, your life before COVID life during the lockdown. Then there were some great elements. I mean, I'm only looking at the great as an optimist. <laughs> but I'm sure there's many more that you've probably seen, Robert, that are oh. positive. Well, definitely positive, but but um, I, I think this platform, this uh, broadcast, and the proper use of social media. You see, a study recently just put out recognized that say children born of generation ago, uh, with the advent of the mobile phones and smartphones, etc., the time they spend on that day by day, equates to about 17 or 18 years of their life just taken up by that phone. Wow. 17 years, 18 years. And yet when you look back in the, you know, World War One and that, uh, men and women were volunteering who were 14 years of age to go and fight for the freedom of, of their country, Australia, Right. And, and, and you look at the 1950s, 1960s, if you were 14, 15, in some countries, people get married, right, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a real, Australians are very good for being resilient. Australians are very, I, I like to believe that we're very tolerant and we're very patient. It takes a lot, a lot to really try our patience. What COVID is showing us, exactly what you said, the mental, the physical, the spiritual, the cultural, the social aspects all need to be working simultaneously with the mind and body of a person. One is linked to the other. You cannot have one without the other. You know, I look at it, for example, George, as the, say, the Olympic flag, the Olympic rings, you have five continents, five circles, but they're all interlocked. And those are the different five dimensions of a person. That's how we're born. We're born to run. We're born to survive. We're born to um, excel, achieve, and wanting to be the best. 
And sometimes we should stop apologising for going for it and just really need to have those key people around us that encourage us. Beware of people that don't encourage. If you feel discouraged by people, they're not, they're not the right people to, I suppose, be with, you know, but each to his own. Uh, it's interesting because, uh, because really we're looking back at last year, but now it's 2022. I think it's, it's time for people to stop making the mistake now. Yeah. We're well into 2022, whatever well means for many people. But for me, it's two, three weeks. Uh, it's our second weekend. So yes. it's time to focus on the new year. It's a fr- fresh year, fresh start. How can people grow in their mental resilience? Like you did, you acknowledged and you praised Australians and many other people around the world for getting through the hardest year. Yeah. The pandemic, a one in 100 year pandemic. Now, how can we look at uh, how should we adjust our attitude for the new year? Well, we need to be, we need to be free. And a lot of people are protesting for freedom of that. But the freedom I'm talking about is the liberty, the independence, the self-determination that you have as an individual, that you have as your rights. So it's not so much, yes, the environment or the aspect, social aspect, the physical being in in a physical social environment is important, but it all starts within a person. So therefore, you're going to be with people socially, you're going to be mentally with with things that you associate with that you can link up with that makes meaningful um, words and purpose to you. But you have to live, we have to live. And the old adage, you know, life is beautiful and, you know, the famous venerable, be a saint one day, Fulton Sheen. Now, I'm sure other people have uh, people, role models in in their culture and religion, but um, life is worth living. It's worth living. We will regret not having lived fully. We don't want to be faced with that. Oh, if I did that or if I did this, you know? We, we, need, to, yeah, we need to learn. We need to keep I, I really think that's what should scare people and not living your life. I mean, many people yeah. say, you know, uh, taking risk or t- taking chances is risky. Yeah. But what I say to them is if you don't take a risk, a calculated, well, by risk, the prerequisite is it's a calculated risk. Yeah. Let's say you want a, a career change or a business or anything else or any other good risk uh, uh, defined within your parameters. Yep. I, th- I think what's scarier is the risk of not living your full potential. That's yes. what scares me. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yep. Because you know, that- you know, reaching the next 10, 20 years and looking back and saying, I wish I did that, you know, I would yeah. have been this different, you know. Yeah, and look, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to take calculated risks, definitely, and uh, most of those ones usually come off and maybe one doesn't, but that's not from a fault of the calculations being correct. It was just something, an outlier, unexplainable. So once again, um, a father, a mother or a, a child or a student or a family member need to fully live that vocation because, as you know, as a young man, uh, we only go through youth once in our life, only yeah. once. And Shakespeare says beauty is, is beauty is wasted on the young, like that kind of time and beauty which is present in the young throughout their youth, it goes, it just goes. And so you've got this developmental pattern from life to death whereby we need to learn from our previous 10 years or a decade behind uh, and look at the trend and go, well, what are people actually finding really good with this COVID? Well, they're working from home. Um, they, they're in contact with their family. They're able to allocate and, de- uh, and delegate tasks much easier being home than doing it from phone at work. They're saving on costs 
You know, they're even thinking about moving people to live residentially in the city because business aren't there anymore. So those buildings are empty. So it looks like people are going to be living there how they did in the olden days kind of thing. You know, have the shop downstairs and live upstairs. You know, there are many, many potential things uh, to be taken and get a hold of it and run with it from 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 this uh, challenge of of a COVID, but just the challenge of life. I mean, it's just it's just phenomenal. I I think many businesses, many individuals, really changed the way they operate in twenty twenty one, and I think there are positive elements like being able to manage your life better. I know definitely by not being able to travel so many. <laughs> places it saved the amount of time i looked at i quantified the amount of time and it's just tremendous how much time you can save i'm sure you yourself work uh remotely and yeah. you can see the benefits there i mean there's tremendous benefits in just working from home you yeah can balance, you have that extra two hours of travel time yeah. to spend uh, with family you can manage a little bit better i think there are positive elements so what you're essentially saying is to take positive elements from 2022's pandemic. Yeah. Because, again, from, from a crisis, uh, really you can come out stronger. It's really how you take – there are many people who looked at it as, oh, look, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't yeah. do – I can't go to a restaurant. But really those – we can live without those things, you know. I, I sort of looked at it as the way my parents, you know, and, and your parents uh, and grandparents might yeah. have experienced war-torn countries where they would have been in a much tougher situation yeah. than this, you know, where there's an existential crisis, uh, um, existential threat, you know, on a war level. Yeah. And we've seen it as probably not the worst occurrence in human history. And then that from there working it back and say, okay, well, what can I do with this amount of time that I have? And I can't see my friends. Can I learn something? Can I, can I, what did you do during COVID? that benefit your life and how what how can you continue that moving forward outside the pandemic i i think it's fantastic you know uh, you know you mentioned there about the restaurants um and by the way even if the restaurants were were open today you usually see two people with a nice bowl full of food and next to them they're on their phone texting someone else so i mean that's you know i mean are we really eating at that restaurant or are we just kind of, you know, <laughs> keeping uh, each other company as a side dish, but the main dish is the phone, right? But that's exactly. another, for another time. But you see, being inventive, being creative, right? Being inventive, creative. So what you can do if you've got a, say, a, uh, a son or a daughter, be they whatever age, say, okay, we're going to eat at the restaurant. They'll go where? And they're saying here, okay? So you guys are going to be the waiters, the cooks, we're going to get some streamers. We're going to make some signs up. And this is called Papa and Mama's Restaurant. And we're going to sit mum and dad down. We cook them a bit. And this is our restaurant. I bet you, you would have a ball. It would be so funny. But it's so real. It is. It is. Let's play doctors and nurses again at home, right? Is it, there's, there's something in it. Okay, we're not all going to be doctors and nurses, but what I'm saying is we need to get to our craft box, we need to get to our fun kit, and we need to invent it. This is very much like what performers go through when they've got a show, but all the lights fall out, all the sound is off, and you've got to go out and perform. It's amazing. <laughs> Great things happen. New things are born. It's a great way to think about it uh, that way. Okay, let's now switch over to spiritual. Okay. Okay, uh, people's faith, uh, I think, suffered very much. Yeah. Especially us who are practising Catholics, mm. daily mass going Catholics, yeah. uh, aspiring to get to heaven. I mean, the whole point of the Catholic toolbox, the whole point of our Catholic faith to get to heaven. And on a daily basis, if you break that down, it means running through spiritual norms and exercises. We couldn't get to mass, uh, so that was a big hit spiritually last year. I think uh, for four months, you know, uh, you know, I was blessed. Obviously, have uh, uh, a mass here and there. You know, some yeah. people were getting private masses uh, yeah. as well at home, and but we couldn't get to mass. That's a, it's a big blow uh, to our spiritual life. And I think when you look at church, the people I'm speaking to seem uh, uh, seem on a parish level to indicate. You know that well. We haven't been seeing a lot of people that we saw before the pandemic in mm -hmm. 2019. Mm -hmm. 
you know, uh, late, uh, in early 2020, we didn't see a lot of people again. Mm. So maybe hopefully we're praying that the recovery now, um, can, the recovery now can, can quicken a little bit more. But I think what really happened is, you know, the reality is 10% of Catholics go to mass yeah. of, of baptized Catholics actually go to mass and a large portion and about 70% of those Catholics don't actually believe in the Catholic faith or, yeah. or the, uh, in its entirety or reject uh, a basic cafeteria Catholics. I mean, sorry to say, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. Please. So like, uh, yeah. Oh, I'd love, no, I'd I'd love to be wrong. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it's pretty much it. Yeah. So I think what's happened is when you sh- close the gate of the church, oh, sorry, we can't go to church. They just get used to that. Even I think we, on a, I, I on a human level, got comfortable participating yeah. in mass live on the couch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how much more so? I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely not better than anybody else on a spiritual level. But for how much more for people who don't actually believe in the entirety of the Catholic faith not coming back to church? So I think we will see a, great, a, a serious decline in church attendance. But let's let's focus on the positives and what we yeah. can do. The uh, how can we better our faith for twenty twenty two? From last year and pushing forward to this year, do you think, Robert? I think it has to be raw. It has to be very natural. And I think I think the theme, the way to go, is friendship. Um, to be friends with everyone um, in the fact that everyone has a different position or or a different reason why they can't do this or why they can't do that. But if you're connected with that person and you check in with them, you give them a call and this and that, and you encourage them along, uh, they might not once, twice or three times, uh, you know, uh, catch on or follow it, but eventually uh, they will come around. In fact, if you look at um, uh, when Australia, the colony got formed, um, uh Protestant and Anglican priests were first to rushed out on the fleet and the Catholics were on purpose left for last. So what the Catholics used to do, they used to meet up in secret underground in houses and they used to celebrate what's called the dry mass. Now, the dry mass is the recitation of the Holy Rosary. And it was through the rosary that that put pressure on the government to bring out Catholic chaplains because there's a Catholic people here and we need this for our faith. That's how that's how it was born here. So it, in many ways, it's kind of a similar position to what we are now. Um, uh, and I think I think a lot of it is our we've undone ourselves too in the fact that this is the problem. We we blame others. We blame the priest. We blame the church. We blame this. We blame that. Oh, if the priest was a little bit more lively, this and that. It's so wrong. It really is wrong. When St. Paul said in his letters, I think, to the Corinthians or Romans, he's basically said three words, mind mind your own business, mind your own business. Because if you're going about your business, you've got it. You're doing it, right? But if you're putting your nose in other people's business and telling them how to be or I'll come when such and such, you'll never come. You'll never come. So uh, the positive aspect is the church is the church. The church is the same. Jesus Christ is the same. Today, forever. Yesterday, today, forever. He is not going to change. And why would he? Because he is perfect. He's God. And he's man, right? And so a pandemic is here. People aren't maybe getting down on their knees. I've spoken to people who are attending um, uh, Presbyterian churches and that. These people are praying on their knees right? And once again, it's kind of saying, well, I need to look at my life. Is my boss at work my God? Is my job my God? You know, I think people need to start asking, what am I here for? Who is God? Where is God? And the usual questions come out, the philosophical, um, I suppose, demanding answers, why is there suffering? We, we're not put here to live a comfortable life. We'll have ourselves on. We get soft, we get weak. We're here to live the tough life. And people need to know 
to live, to be Catholic, to be a Christian is damn hard work. It is damn, it's really hard work. And to do hard work properly, you have to be at it every day. It's hard work. And see, people need to really reassess. I mean, that's, that was so beautifully put. Being a Christian is hard work. Well, yeah. I mean, if you want spiritual gain, you have to get spiritually shredded. And spiritually yeah. shredded, it's not easy. And it's a day-to-day thing. It's an everyday. It's, it's, it's your way of life, basically. It's not a compartment of your life. Look, the way, the way I see things recovering people's faith is, is, is through creating what's called a plan of life. You and I know um, what the plan of life is. Yeah. But for those who don't know what the plan of life is, as um, San Jose Maria Escriva um, very beautifully put it, it's, it's basically a plan of life but in the spiritual sense. So the plan is your spiritual attack plan every day. What are you going to do? What's your itinerary for uh, taking action with your Catholic faith? What are you going to do to grow spiritually? What are your spiritual exercises? What are your spiritual reps to grow and build that spiritual muscle, to grow in your faith? Is it the mass? And then after mass, doing the rosary and then doing some spiritual reading throughout the day. What do you do to keep God at the center of your life throughout each day? you know, every couple of hours, every two hours, and then break it up and get better. I think we need to implement that. And second of all, I think, is the apostolate. Let's talk about the apostolate. I think the way we're going to maybe bring people back to church, the way we're going to bring people and work on people's faith is is through being friends with them. You mentioned that before, you know, befriending people. You know, it could be a lot. There's a lot of opportunity for apostolate in our day-to-day life. There's family, plenty in families, Plenty of friends. I'm, I'm sure everybody could come up with maybe two people, oh, yeah. or three people they can maybe catch up with and see how their faith is going after this pandemic and maybe try and get them back to confession first. Yeah. You know, I mean, to mass, definitely the confession first. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, the family is perfect. Okay, for families, one child, two children, seven children, what, 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 whatever. God knows what he's doing. But what I'm saying is, vocations come from families being a priest or a nun or a missionary uh, is a call to this particular person that comes from a family like you and i so it's it's this is why what you said is so important you know um you know if you find two people in a family that that are responsive you know we need to keep this generator going and um and and not give up because we are responsible. We're going to be asked, well, well what did you do? I, were you your brother's keeper? Did you, you know, whatever, you know, especially in the area of mental health, you know, the, the, the saying by Christ, what you did to the least of my brethren, you did it to me. So from the least person tonight in Australia, in the world, to the greatest, everyone is included. Everyone. I mean, it's just it's beautifully put now. And um, I really think we've covered a lot here at the moment. So we're yeah. going to take a break now. Okay. Uh, so now we'll take a break and we'll have an open line for those who want to call in briefly uh, with their comments uh, or questions. Call 9625-6111. That is 9625-6111. Or simply email thecatholictoolbox at gmail.com. That is thecatholictoolbox at gmail.com. Or you can comment in the Facebook or YouTube live streams so we'll be back after a short break my name is father damon cipher i'm a member of the priestly fraternity of saint peter which is the latin mass order our order has been ministering to the faithful in western sydney uh, for about 20 years now but we think it's time for us to find our own place to be able to build our own church so we're really encouraging people to make donations perhaps even dedicated to monthly donations so that we can forge to take on perhaps a mortgage for this great endeavor. So we would like to, in the long term, build a traditional church for the celebration of the traditional liturgy in the Latin rite. We would encourage you to think about this, to pray about this, and see if God is calling you to 
commence to helping us with this great endeavour to build a new church for Western Sydney. And welcome back to another week in the Catholic Toolbox, the art of practical Catholicism. I'm your host and founder, Jordan Manasseh, with practical tools to live your Catholic faith in our modern world of today. And we continue our great discussion of opening up 2022, a new era, hopefully a new era, a new stage uh, of our lifetime here. But for those who want to subscribe to my men's podcast and join me there, Go to therightofmanhood.com or find the Right of Manhood podcast. Subscribe there for your gentleman's podcast. So now we have an open line. If you have any questions or comments, you can email thecatholictoolbox at gmail.com or call in here on 9625-6111. That is 9625-6111. Or simply comment in any of the Facebook Live streams. Anyone there and we'll take your comments. Or if you have any questions here with Robert Martek, psychologist, we're discussing, continuing our discussion here, Robert. Uh, and I think it's very important now that we jump in for any questions come in about uh, what are some three practical tools let's, uh, for spiritual and mental for this year, you know, building resolutions. And we'll talk about that, but what are some three practical tools we can take action with? Okay. <clears throat> One is definitely, man, look, I love the media. But one is limiting, limiting uh, uh, news uh, from the TV set. It, a lot of it is doom and gloom. And unfortunately, a lot of it is mixed up and it's incorrect. And so the media and journalists are going through a trying time. It, journalism itself has evolved into something quite different to what it was intended to do. So we need to pick our battles with the TV and choose a sensible news broadcast from people that are speaking um, from an evidence base. In other words, do your research. Find out who is this person presenting on the TV set? What's their name? And find out a bit about them, what they stand for. Because are you going to invest your time, uh, your, your precious time during the day to watch a news program, but at least get to find out the persons behind it, okay? Uh, secondly, um, we need we need to kind of have half a day where we detox from mobile phones, for example. Yeah. Um, we need to spend half a day without a phone. Okay. Just but we need we need it because we we become desensitized. You know, we're carrying it around all the time. And uh, it's like weight, gaining weight. It just creeps up on you. And before you know it, you're overweight, right? So this is how these things work. So uh, pick a day with your family where you put the phones in a basket in the middle of the lounge room and you go off and do other things. And you pick it up, drop it there midday, pick it up at 6 p.m. You, you will not have missed it. Plus, you'll have a, a resurgence of its use. You'll feel much more better. So these two things, so the media, the social media, the, these two things are, are on 24-7. And, and thirdly, um, you need to spend some serious time uh, asking yourself, what am I here for? Okay. Now, I challenge anybody tonight. I challenge them this. People don't believe in God. God's distant or whatever. I challenge people to spend five minutes only, five minutes only in silence and for them to look down into their heart. And after five minutes, tell me that there is no God. He is, there is, but he's been pushed to last place. Right? So we need to do a complete flip around, right? Um, it's a bit like our sight. We, we see each other properly now, but when your image comes into my image, inside my eyes, you are upside down. But the magic of the occipital lobe turns you back up the right way. So as to say, this is important because if you look at it, we want God in our workplace. We want God in our football team. We want God in our birthday parties. We want him there. He's there, you know? it's it's a lifestyle it's 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 caring for another person even though you might not physically see them 
but he comes in many forms. You know, we need to be aware. So spending more time, less time on media, less time on mobiles, and more time in a silence of the heart. And that's where great things happen. They really do. I think that really speaks to me as a millennial <laughs> uh, with the phone. I think that resonates with me. We, we do spend a lot of time on the phone. If you really think about it, we, we almost can't live our lives without our phone. Yeah. I, I think that detox, you, you know, at least a half a day detox maybe to really just get that habit kicked in. But then every day putting parameters, let's say around on the table, no, no phones. They go in a tray and it sits yeah. there. Yeah. Um, let's say during the, uh, during the mornings, having no phone, using that time as reflection or meditation. Mm-hmm. And, and when you're with people, let's say, uh, depending on the situation, you've got to evaluate. But having periods of time where there's techno fasts. Yeah. Yes, very important. Very, very important. In fact, um, uh, I may have mentioned before, but they, um, they've got this program in South Korea, and, you know, our South Korean brothers and sisters created Samsung, you know, and with, they're finding a lot of the young boys between the ages of eight and 14 are totally addicted to this phone. So they send them away like with counselors and with doctors and with psychiatrists to spend three weeks together to reconnect them to society. And it broke my heart as a teacher to see young men in a room with their head down on a desk and their, their hands were shaking like like an alcoholic waiting for the next drink because their emotional and happy pathways of the brain have been consumed by the phone. Boys need to learn how to talk to girls again. They can't talk. That's a problem. So once again, the benefits of having that techno-free is very important. It's very important. And it needs to be done. Yeah, I mean, very much, uh, I think people, uh, many millennials, especially men, a lot of time uh, in my experience, sometimes you meet people out and about and and they can't conversate. They don't know how to conversate, hold a conversation, uh, follow etiquette rules. I'm not saying, you know, I follow, but at least I try to be aware of it, but... Um, but a lot of times that can be a temptation for millennials to just stick to their phone, not bother in conversation, not put in effort. Um, it, it's, it's a big thing. I think really the phone is a big thing. I think we all need to maybe measure and quantify how much time am I yep. spending on my phone? Yep. Yeah, you can you do can that. You can actually get a screen review, I think, a screen time review. And yes, look, you look do. At that and then yes, quantify how much a year mm. and then tell yourself, mm. you know, how long would it take me to build, you know, uh, let's say a, a business. How long would it take me to learn a new language? Correct. Correct. Compare. I think, you know, when I used to work in an office, uh, I did, I did, uh, I did actually sort of scare people for one sense uh, about spending money every day on coffee. Uh-huh. You know, I sort of quantified for them you know, over a year or so, how much they've spent every single day on getting a coffee every morning and then the occasional food. Yes. And showed them the numbers and then gave them an alternative. Okay, if you just get your own coffee or get a machine or something, you know, bring down the cost. That's your holiday or that's your, uh, maybe perhaps the money to invest on something. It's a significant amount. I mean, we really, time, money, any resource, yeah. If we quantify, I'm not saying we don't need to look at our phones. I, I defend the fact that we may need to look at our phones at different times. We do. Like, like for instance, you're learning something. There's educational things on apps on your phone. And yes. while you're waiting at a doctor's appointment, obviously we don't live uh, in villages anymore where people easily conversate with each other. Yeah. It could be a good time to open your phone, check your emails, go through things yeah. as a matter of efficiency. But I think when yeah. you're, you're sitting with people, I think the last priority should be to check your phone. Definitely. I mean, you'll learn much more from a person that you're waiting, uh, that you're sitting next to in a waiting room or at the airport than you ever will on that phone for that moment. You just don't know who you might be talking to. 
Okay. Let's now jump into news resolutions. You know, I, I know people, uh, I love the conversations every year about news resolutions because people, some people hate them. Some people love them. Some people have just gotten tired of them. They call them other things, you know, systems or yeah. you know, ideas or, you know, everybody now has their sort of own take. And that's a good thing because each person adapts, you know, purpose, uh, different aspects and uh, different purposes of different aspects to their life. It's a good thing. Uh, but let's talk about, do you like the idea of New Year's resolutions? Every year you have or goals. I don't even like to call them resolutions. I call them just agendas, you know, of the four different aspects of my life. And then what, what do I need to improve on in that aspect? Uh, and then break it up into quarters, you know, like this yeah. quarter I focus on this, this quarter I focus on. Yeah. But, but what are your general thoughts? Uh, I think... I think we 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 play up the fact that we want to give up cigarettes, we want to lose weight and everything, and then we kind of make a tongue-in-cheek joke, sarcastic about it, oh, the good old losing weight and this and that. But I tell you what, if losing weight means something to a person, they'll do it. They'll do it. If it happens to be on New Year's or halfway through the year, okay? But for one thing, if we look at the total person, we've got um, a huge population of people that are obese and that's a first world disease, not a third world disease. We have a lot of food. And uh, at the same time, we have a lot of people with eating disorders. So as you can see, it's just total opposites, right? And, and it's a lie to say to somebody who, who maybe has put on a lot of weight or just stop eating. That is out. That doesn't work. That doesn't work because it just doesn't. It's wrong. It's not actually the problem. The problem is not that. It's something else, okay? Yeah. Between you and the doctor, you work it out. Um, I, I would say not to put the bar up too high, to, to, to make a, bring the bar down a little bit, not to have too high of an expectation, and something that you'd like to be able to say, yeah, I've done that, so maybe learn a new language or maybe um, dare to take a risk and, and join a sporting team, even though if you're clumsy and everything, right? All these things are important. Totally take up a new hobby you never thought of, you know, um, you know, um, learn how to play chess. And another, another, these, these goals are very important in the fact that we're all put on this planet for something, but these goals that we have, they're meant to be feeding and nourishing our soul and our body with those things that we can associate with patterns, pattern recognition. So if I'm this kind of squiggly pattern, I, I find things that are squiggly and I spend time with that. Okay. So that's very important. And that's going to create very strong individuals. Exactly. I mean, the way I see it is, uh, I, I love news resolutions. I've seen people do very well with news resolutions. So I, I don't think it's BS or, yeah. Anything. I mean, yeah. if the new year can be, like, let's say, a benchmark for you to measure from and say, this year from January 1, I'm going to lose weight. And they hit June and they've lost a lot of weight and they've yeah. done very well. I think it's a great thing. But yeah. I, but, but, the, but the thing I would add is, is I think there needs to be consistency. Yeah. That, that it shouldn't just be January 1 that you're... Uh, maybe January 1 could be where you, you have your framework, your, your general, let's say, couple goals in different aspects. But then throughout the year, you may evaluate that I have a new goal and then you pick it up and then you evaluate maybe every quarter. I mean, the way I like to see it is there's four aspects of life. I break it up. Four, four, uh, four processes in my life. The spiritual, the work, the physical, the social. And then that's obviously functioning every year, all the time, 24-7. Yeah. Uh, and then th there's obviously things you want to improve in those aspects. And then in the spiritual, there's always something to improve spiritually. Oh, yeah. uh, physically, there's always something we can do uh, on, a, on a physical level or take up a sport. Yeah. Uh, socially, there's always something we can do where we can be a little bit more social or maybe meet one or two new friends, make one or two new friends. Uh, or, or join a network, uh, some networking association um, to better yourself. But, but I think there needs to be periods of evaluation throughout the year where let's say, I, I like to break it up into quarters, you know, January, yeah. March. 
and then have I reached my first goal by March? And then the next three months in the financial year. Yeah. The, uh, the by June thirtieth, have I achieved my second goal? Correct. And then something may come up, or you 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 get rid of a goal, or you change them for a good reason, and yes. then you add something else. But then treating quarterly or, or different or different milestones or, or milestone periods throughout the year the same as January one. I think it's consistency overall. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great point. Consistency. I like the word persistent. Yeah. Be persistent. You could be a genius, but you won't get there if you're not persistent. And the greatest things happen, you know, yourself, the greatest things that you got from mum and dad is when you just kept on asking. You were persistent. You were persistent. And then the parent goes, gee, this, this kid might really want that or this kid really likes that, right? Great things happen from being persistent. And why? Because it must mean something to you because if it doesn't, you won't carry on about it. And when I say carry on, I mean persistent. You striving, striving, striving. Anything can get through the easy aspects, but it's it's when obstacles come up, why and uh, where's your purpose for for picking up the struggle? Yeah, yes. No, I I agree. And, uh, And usually what you were saying before, you know, um, we, we revisit these things in January or, or say June of the financial year, and we need to be tweaking things. It's very important. We're never going to be out of the woods in this life. Never, ever going to be out of the woods. There's always something. There's always that thing. And uh, those little things add up to big things, and the little things usually catch us out. So some practical advice for those maybe who who okay want to make some goals for the year is uh, i go back to saint jose maria mm-hmm. he says make few but good resolutions few yeah. few i think that it, it, once uh, i saw somebody's uh, news resolution news goals and it was a page long oh. <laughs> you know and and people wonder why they can't achieve things yeah or nothing gets they leave themselves disappointed i'm not saying don't aim high but i'm saying maybe make few goals that you can focus on that you yeah. can actually achieve that the aim a little bit higher yeah but you can actually do them really yeah, I, think, I think yeah i think the, this practical uh resolution is sitting down with oneself or sit in front of a mirror and go come on let's be honest what do you really want to do what really do you want to achieve i think you've got to be so frank and honest with yourself because that way you're authentic and other people see that you're authentic, but you've got to be true to yourself. Yeah, because Very important. because people have a vision. Okay, a vision isn't a goal. A vision is where you want to be in the in in a period of time. If you measure yeah. a year, mm. five years, and ten years, okay, that's what I see myself doing. But it's, it may not be a hundred percent of what you see it because yeah. Yeah. of the practical elements. But then you break. Okay, to get to your vision, you have to have goals. Measure it on a year, and then break it up into quarters. Yeah. Evaluate every quarter how you're going with your goal, or maybe you might yeah. focus on one or one goal for the first quarter, a second goal for the second quarter, a third goal for the third quarter, and fourth goal by the end of the year. You know, the last quarter. Uh, uh, everyone's welcome to use my method. You know, look at your spiritual, physical, work, and social. Anything to do with physical could be appearance, health, everything, social, everything to do with social, and then work. So break it up into the four aspects. What goal can you improve on spiritually? What yeah. goal can you improve on physically? Yeah. What goal? And make one for each, I think. Or I maybe think, if you don't yeah. need one for one aspect, maybe three. But I would yeah. say maximum of four. I try yeah. not to, to go over four or five. Um, one for each aspect. And then and maybe plan, okay, for the first quarter, I'm going to focus on the uh, physical aspect. Okay, maybe I want to get fitter, better in shape. And then once I yeah. do that, I'll move on to the second one. Because yeah. sometimes focusing on two goals at at once, it could and, that, and and if you're actually looking at achieving something which is good and takes up energy and effort, uh, you need to be able to focus on it. So maybe doing two at a time might not be the best. Yeah. Or maybe two at a time might be feasible. Something might be to do with work, and yeah. you have to work every day, and one thing to do with let's say physical. Uh, you're yeah. 
fit that you can manage them at the same time. I'm, I'm sure, George, if you had another five hours uh, on this broadcast, people wouldn't get sick of listening to you talk about goals. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Why? Because they're important, right? You know, even, um, you know, even sports people have goals, physical ones. There are nets. You need to put this basketball in that net over there. That's a goal. Whoever achieves that goal the most wins the game right and so it's a game but we need to play it i think as saint mother Teresa of calcutta said life is a game you need to play exactly and uh, and the vision may be something you see yourself down the track achieving as a result of those goals built up towards it so you have your vision then that's why you sit down and dream, I guess, what you mentioned before. Yeah. And then you go down and say, okay, what are my goals? Let's break it up. My life is broken up into years. What am I going to achieve this year? That's mm. going to get me closer to my vision in the next yeah. five years or a couple of years, whatever your measurement is. Yeah. And then, okay, what's my strategy, practicals? Okay, I have these four goals, let's say, or three goals for this year, which is going to help me get to my vision. But then, okay, so you got vision. Now I have goals to help me yeah. to get to my vision. Now these goals need to be achieved. So I now need a practical strategy. I think, yeah. I think it's, it's, you need a strategy for every single one of your goals. Yeah. So, and you've got great exactly. people out there who are talking and doing exactly what you're saying tonight as we speak. Exactly. Around the world. Exactly. With their own culture and language and everything. Exactly. So, so I think every, every year of your life should be, or every quarter or every month, uh, however you want to break it up in a value, it should be working towards your goals and your goals need to be linked to your vision. Yeah. So vision, goals, strategy. Strategy, um, goals, vision. That's yeah. the direction we need to... And don't worry if some people can't understand it. Don't worry. That's okay. Well, whatever will help people, I guess. We're yeah. Yeah. come up and brainstorm and really... Uh, to pick our brains and, and really put it there and whatever it helps anybody um, is, is my greatest pleasure. Okay. Thank you very much, Robert. It's, uh, it's been such a great episode here tonight. Pleasure to be on the great show. Great start to the year. Good, good. Thank you very much. Pleasure, thank you. So for those wanting to tune in and follow us at the podcast, go to the Catholic Toolbox podcast, find us wherever you get your podcast on whatever platform it is. Don't forget to check out our website at thecatholictoolboxshow.com. That is thecatholictoolboxshow.com. Or you can simply get a hold as well of my book, uh, The Art of Practical Catholicism. If you haven't got a copy, you can get it online on any platform. Just simply pluck it in Google, The Art of Practical Catholicism. It's now on sale. You can get a copy of that there. So... Thank you for tuning into the Catholic Toolbox. A happy new year and welcome back to everybody to the art of practical Catholicism. I'm your host and founder, George Manasseh. Until next week, God bless. Take care and take action. In this era of grave spiritual crisis, it is not enough to simply know about your Catholic faith. That is why we need a Catholic toolbox to equip us with the practical skills necessary to live our Catholic faith to reach our ultimate goal, which is heaven for all eternity. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Join us every Tuesday night at 8pm for the Catholic Toolbox as we hand you the tools to go forth, live the faith and change our model world today. Live on The Voice of Charity. Mm -hmm.